Hi, I'm Victoria Atkin. And I'm Patricia Somerset. And you're listening to the Sound Architect Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Sound Architect Podcast. I am your host, Sam Hughes, and I am once again joined by the lovely Victoria Atkin and Patricia Somerset. Thanks very much for joining me again. How are you both? We're good. Very giggly this morning, but we're good. That's fine. We love giggly. Giggly is great. It's a lot of energy. So before we discuss anything else at all, the Video Games Awards were on this week, and you were both there, weren't you? Yes, we were. It was fun. How was it? It must have been epic. Pretty, pretty epic. It looks like the Oscars these days. It's it's crazy. It's at the Microsoft Theater downtown LA, and the whole place was uh, jam packed. And it it really had this big ceremony about it. It was it was pretty cool. Red carpet and mm-hmm. all the other stuff going on. So yeah, it was it was great. Yeah, and also I feel like it's sort of taking like this year and last year the trend began, but this year it's kind of replacing E3 for a lot of new game announcements. Um, I think that we'll find in years to come that, yeah, it, as many games will be announced at the Game Awards as they will at E3 by the sounds of it. Yeah, I mean, it's growing every year and I've noticed the same with the BAFTAs. Like it's getting larger and larger scale all the time. Like and, and every year it's getting like more funding and it's getting more... Um, it's been taken more seriously, shall we say. Mm-hmm. And what was the experience like from kind of like your two's point of view? Were you there on the red carpet as well? Or were you invited as, as guests or how was it? We were invited as guests and we didn't do the red carpet this year. Um, but uh, we, I, I don't know, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed the hustle bustle of it. it there was a lot of um, mix of industry and public this year, okay. which was interesting. A lot of people came just to attend the event and, and watch it. So it was a pretty packed house with um, like even kids, like there were a lot of kids there that probably were just really excited to see, I don't know, the new announcements of the games and the, the production of it. Oh, interesting. Kind of fascinating. I like that side of things because it's, um, I don't know, it feels, it feels more immersive. It feels like it's, I mean, we are nothing without the gamers. So I'm, I'm glad that it doesn't become exclusive where they can't attend and, and people can't be there. You know, it, it's not become so highbrow that, it's only developers and it's only talent or um, celebrities. Um, so I like that. And I hope that they continue to always do that because I think without the gamers, we don't have video games. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, true that. I guess a lot of people were streaming in. Yeah, yeah it was really good. There was a lot of great performances as well. You must have, uh, did you have good seats? Could you hear all the music quite well? It was pretty easy to hear the music. It was, uh, it was, really <laughs> it was pretty loud. <laughs> it's pretty loud, yeah. <laughs> the music was incredible. It was really, really fun, and um, the live performances with the orchestras, it was was something very, very special about that, especially with Red Dead Mm -hmm. when they did their Mm, performance. That was was pretty spectacular. Yeah, Victoria and I were talking about that being one of our favorite moments of the Mm -hmm. the entire thing was watching the band do the, the single from Red Dead. Um, and I was like, and I was geeking out about Daniel Lenoir being on stage and being able to watch him because I am a huge Daniel Lenoir fan, obviously, and um, and read his book and was really inspired by it. And so I was just, yeah, it was like an amazing moment. Yeah, that's no, really, really, really cool. And you're both in games that were nominated there, and uh, and also obviously Fortnite won um, an award as well, Victoria, which obviously you're in and Patricia, you were in rainbow six nominated for the same award as well. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. It was cool. Yeah. We, we duped it out before the awards and pulled each other's hair as we sat there and listened. We had a cat fight. No, of course, standard, standard awards procedure. Standard, standard. 
Um, she had to give me 500 bucks, but it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you had to give me 500 bucks because you won. So. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, for, I, damages, really, like, yeah. <laughs> for damages. For insurance. For a claim. Eco-insurance. Um, yeah, no, it was great. And uh, I really love working with Epic Games on Fortnite. So it was nice to see them get recognized. And uh, well, they were being recognized for other categories, but it was good that they walked home with an award so yeah fantastic and uh tell us um about both your characters in these games so obviously victoria you're in Fortnite, as i said and mm-hmm. um patricia you're in tom clancy's rainbow six siege mm-hmm. um so yeah tell us a bit more about the characters you played in those games well i play thora the huntress in Fortnite: save the world and do not ask me to do this voice because i can't because it's like a nordic swedish accent that i will never remember how to do <laughs> um without Mr. J.B. Blanc's amazing voice directing. Um, hilarious. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's my main character at the moment. But I have been working on two other female cool characters that are coming out. Um, not male characters? Not male characters. <laughs> although I go in for male characters a lot. <laughs> um, we'll see. I'm sure that's going to happen. Disney princes are my... Really? I yeah. can believe that. Yeah, I can hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Oh my god! Game of Thrones men, really? Harry Potter guys. My like niche is sixteen-year-old British boy. That's that's where so fantastic. Fantastic. where my voice is. I feel like lands. I'm <laughs> you, for the first time. you are. You're meeting my real self now. Um, so anyway, but no, a few more characters. Um, I can't really say too much about the other two characters, other than that they're super cool, and one of them is attached to one of the lead characters. In Fortnite, it's going to be playing a sibling of one of those characters. So awesome. that's really fun. I had some real fun doing a nice Essex accent. Oh, my home county. I know. Yeah. So I really had fun doing that. And then the other character is roughly my my voice with a tad more sarcasm than usual, which, than is, usual, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. So what about you, Rainbow Six? Yeah, Rainbow Six. Um, so I, I play Ash in Rainbow Six, cool. and she is such a badass warrior girl. Um, she's Israeli by birth, but oh, is cool. obviously part of the Rainbow Six team and has sort of worked her way up the ladder um, and is one of the um, sort of operating forces and team leaders now in the game which is what they started to do with Outbreak last year that came out in what March of uh, February, March of last year. And that, that part was really cool because it started as a voice voice work thing. Um, okay, a lot cool. of shouts and sort of really, I don't know, n- nothing like per- hugely characteristic of what it, what it did become. And eventually it turned into a motion capture project, which was really lucky. And that hasn't happened for all the operators and they may or may not sort of continue in that direction and do more of that stuff in the future. But I got to be one of the lucky ones to actually go on and take that into uh, a performance capture thing. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really, really cool. It was really cool. It was really cool. And I hope maybe I think in February at the next Rainbow Six Invitational, I'll probably, if I'm in Montreal at that time, I'll probably be attending that again and hanging out and watching the esports for it. I like to watch the esports players play (laughs) incredible, (laughs) just so incredibly. It's hard to put words to. That's something that I want to do in 2019, go to an esports event. I've never been. Yeah. Yeah. Come with me. Yeah. Well, don't Blizzard in LA, they have 
Oh, Blizzcon. Well, Blizzcon also have. But then they have a, a stadium. A yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they have a, in Burbank, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll mm -hmm. see how we can get into that. Yeah. Please let me be your date. Yeah, you can be my date. I need to figure out how I'm going to do it. Blizzard. Blizzard, if you're listening, we want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> what? Anyone from Blizzard, we want to we do that. <laughs> Put it out there. So did you have any particular highlights from the the awards or the, the evening that you went? Any any favorite moments? Definitely Red Dead live music. Definitely. Was my ultimate favorite moment for sure, watching Demi Lenoir. Me too. I loved that music. It was really, really awesome. All the music. And my other favorite was the Global Citizens um, all the different ones with, uh, you know, people from around the world showing how they are developing games to impact their own communities. Um, it was really, really, really inspiring to see that. And also Girls Make Games. I liked their announcement and um, I wasn't aware of their work. And now I'm very, very happy that I am and was uh, thrilled to, to see that being highlighted. Yeah, it's a fantastic initiative. That it's mm -hmm. so were um, you you kind of thinking a lot about who might win each award? Were you quite invested in in, in the nominees in any particular area, for example? Were you kind of like taking bets on like, okay, yeah, I think I think this one's going to be taken by Red Dead, or this one's going to be taken by God of War, or? Well, we did lay down our predictions, so mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure how close we got got yeah. to them. <laughs> I do think I thought that God of War or Red Dead would win best game. Mm. I thought it might be God of War, from what I'd heard. Yeah. yeah. So I think we got close with that, and um, yeah, obviously we were gunning for Assassin's Creed, but I I felt like they were they do such a good job, but I don't think this game was any like. It was. It's great. It's a fantastic game, but the God of War and the Red Dead were, were just something very new. So I felt like they couldn't really compete. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. So there's that, and um, it was just nice to see all the new, like new games, some of the independent games getting up there, and you know, even though they were almost swallowed up by these AAA games, they they were in there and they were they had a chance. Um, and I, I like seeing that. I like voting for the dark horses <laughs> i enjoyed the the speech from um the group who created celeste mm. and i thought that they had a they had a really nice message about mental illness at the end of that as well um it was a really touching moment where they said i guess if you, you know if you're in if you've found some sort of relief or you've helped yourself out by playing celeste and celeste has helped you remember that it's it's not the game. It's you. You are helping yourself and keep going and like I don't know whatever that was. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Really lovely moment. Yeah, that was exactly. Yeah, it's very you know, sweet. If, if you've if you've overcome a mental illness by playing this game, you've overcome it. Yeah, you know. And it's quite nice they have that category now for games for impact. You know, they've actually taken mm, yeah. note that games do have a big impact on people personally, and mentally, and socially. You know. I mean, for me, it's the only reason I continue to stay in it because I love doing voices but i am often torn by the violence and things like that mm. and it's only when i begin to digest that okay actually my work is impacting in a different way and i have to step back from i still i'm still have a trouble with the violence in these games and i feel like i i'm happier with things like horizon zero dawn and fortnite for my work these days but uh it is good when you when you see that this is helping in many ways and you know even with the streamers and the community coming together with esports and things like that 
there are there are so many benefits from video games that continue to keep me going okay well yeah it's good to contribute there's a great book um that i was reading called reality is broken by jay mcgonigal who's kind of a leading voice in the industry she's got some new books since then and this actually came out in like 2000 i want to say 2009 or 10 or something like that Mm -hmm. um but she talks about she begins the book by saying you know reality is broken because in fact around the world there are so many more gamers than the non-gamers that the people realize like it's already they prefer games because that reality is far more fun it's far better and they have communities online and if you don't understand that then you're you're behind the times like this is this is the reality yeah but also she goes into detail i mean just hundreds of different categories of of gaming and how gamers can change the world in a positive way if we could figure out and continue to work with all these different ways of actually um, gathering the forces, gathering people's skills as gamers, and being able to apply them to social situations, either directly or indirectly, with mm. like fundraising, like creating these games that are in fact fundraisers, or creating apps that you can like walk through the airport and do, and then while you're doing that game, it donates money to a cause, um, or you can like network with like really strange little things, you know, like just basically connecting everybody through their online community. That's beautiful. And, and yeah, and mm. there's so it goes into such detail about there's we, we just forget how many categories of games there there actually are. It's cuz the the shooters and everything get so much hype like they they're always out front. It's always about the negative. Yeah, and I wish that that was reversed because yeah. even some of the shooter games there's some positive aspects of working together as a team with black ops and stuff like Absolutely. that. But yeah, and I think I also think that those things should be highlighted, you know, when we're having things that you know, I don't think it's always just to do with video games, but the violence in, in some of these things must be contributing to some of the social situations that are happening. I don't know, but but it would be good to have those things up front, you know, and, and being highlighted in a in a very positive way. Also for the general public that again don't play games, aren't in that community that see it as their children, you know, neglecting them or their community or their friends, but also, you know, highlighting why it's important and having those voices heard. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of positive stories in video games, but it's nice that they're being shared more now because I think (laughs) people misunderstood what video games were. Like you say, a lot of the shooters were getting the limelight and the sports games, which they're all good in their own right. And I'm not saying that they're they're not, but Mm -hmm. the balance needs to be there to show what breadth there is in the industry and how games can positively influence people. I think Fortnite have actually done a good job with, I mean, they're not doing that kind of thing with donating. That would be good if if their money went to that. But, um, But it's becoming, even I know they shoot, zombies and things in like that but it, it's becoming more fun less less about that and i think they've they've nudged it towards a don't know more of an animation fun yeah, fun like experience that, that kids can because there's so many kids who play that game yeah i'm just keeping that into consideration yeah and i think that's good that they have that i don't even think there's any swearing or anything like that in that game which is which i think is good i mean we don't need of that yeah i mean there's a time and a place for certain creative outlets but mm. you know like like you say it's good that they're not using it in that way like mm-hmm. you know violence used to be glorified and now it's it's definitely not as bad as as it was you know in previous years it's just variety now yes which is nice there's an experience that you can you can whatever you 
thing you're into, whether it's strategy or just having fun or, you know, anything. There's a there's a, a wide range of things available and are being advertised. Yeah, definitely. So we've spoken a lot about the Video Games Awards. Apart from the Video Games Awards, what have you both been up to since we last spoke? I've just been drinking tea the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> tea and hibernating for the winter. Sounds um, great. Sounds good to me. No, um, I've been working on uh, Fortnite, obviously, and then I have two new characters coming out in that, which is going to be fun. Hopefully can announce them before the holidays really kick in. Um, and 2019 starts. Been working on a brand new game, Crackdown 3 with Microsoft. Oh, yeah, fantastic. Which was actually kind of shown at the Video Games Awards, yes. which I should have said. Yeah, yeah, that's um, so I'm in that as a British agent. So flying the flying flag. <laughs> and um, and then another AAA game, which I can't talk much about, but I've been back on the mocap stage for that, which I love, love, love to do. Yeah, we know that's one of your favourite parts, isn't it, the mocap? So. Yeah, I like doing performance capture. I feel like it brings back where my skills really are, which is in on-camera stuff. And auditioning for on-camera and getting that stuff moving again. So, yeah, busy, 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 and then... I have to start my Christmas shopping at some point. Oh, don't. <laughs> at some point. Uh, I'm not sure when that's going to happen. But that's what the yeah. internet's for, right? <laughs> I think that's what, yeah. But then you have to get stuff to England from the the US and there's like three days left or something yeah, <laughs> of the post. Amazon Prime, it's fine. Just yeah. That's true. But do they wrap it? I guess it just comes. It comes in a box, right? You can get a gift wrap. I've I've copped out and done that before. Oh yeah, I have to admit, I hold my hand up and will be ashamed. I don't know. We'll have to look into that. Sure, figure it out. I'll I'll give you moral support. I'm not going to try and do any of that this year. I'm just going to go into the woods for Christmas with my family. It sounds good. Just give them leaves for Christmas. We'll eat a lot of venison. Is what we'll have. Okay. Nice. Oh wow. So what about you? What have you been up to? Uh, what have I been up to? Uh, since last we spoke, which was the springtime. Yeah, it's been a while now. See. Yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been. I'm currently working on a game. Uh, I can say probably that it's a Ubisoft game. Um, doing full performance capture for this. That was something that ended up casting back in the spring and started up this fall, and it's sort of been an ongoing process. So I'll be headed back to um, Montreal to be doing more of that. Another thing that's coming up would be um, uh, very exciting. There's this. Um, a little indie company out of Montreal that is an award-winning company. They did Story Path of Destinies. They're called Spearhead Games. And Omen Sight came out this last year. I did three characters on that. And they've just become available for pre-order for a thirteenth uh, December 13th launch date on the Switch. So that awesome little RPG will be available on the Switch next week. And I'll probably be playing that. It's cool. And there's a couple of other games, another AAA game that's kind of fun. Um, just a little part in something. Can't even say anything about that. Uh, recording an album, which we have three more recording days in the studio before Christmas, and then we'll be in the total mixing, mastering, and production process of trying to release it for the springtime or early summer. And so that's going to be a lot of work and fun, and I'm going to try not to get too crazy about it when I'm doing this, because <laughs> releasing an album is, is such an insane process. Um, I know having done it once before. Um, so I'm probably going to hire, I'm going to allocate a lot of jobs out to other people this time that I attempted to do and learn myself last time, but very excited about that. 
and uh, what else? Um, but I did a couple of little TV things over the summer and the fall. Nice. Um, there's a show called The Detectives that I did a, a part on. I think it's like episode like five or six or something like that. And then um, a new remake of an old Canadian Canadian classic show that is going to be out in 2019 that I play an Australian oh, nice. on. Um, oh, nice. Luckily, okay. it's brief. Luckily, it's brief. So we don't worry about too much. Luckily, it's brief. I'm sure it's great. It's one of those things where, as you're saying, like, you know, if you would try and reproduce, it's like good when you're in studio doing it, but you can't just like off the fly no. sort of jump into it. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about that one. But yeah, it was really fun to record and it was weird. Like it was like recorded on a Skype call that was actually supposed to be across the country, across the world. Oh, but we were actually just one room like next to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of an interesting recording process for that one. Oh, that's good though. Yeah, that's fun. So yeah, fun, fun little things, and looking forward to Christmas, and seeing yeah, my maybe sledding. I want to. Oh, that'd be down nice. A, like, down a hill. I'm going skiing on my birthday. Oh, I'm going to Big oh, Bear. The 28th of December. Good lord. I know it's like crammed in between Christmas and New Year, but it'll be fun. We're going to go up to Big Bear and spend the whole day on the slopes. So I've never done that on my birthday. Excellent. So this year I said I'm going to do that. Are you flying home for Christmas at all, Victoria? I'm not this year. No, I'm going to stay here for Christmas this year because I'm coming back in the spring um, again to England. Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah, a little exclusive, I guess. I'm going to be doing uh, Fantasy Basil Comic Con in uh, Switzerland. Oh, cool. In, in May. So I'll be back for that and uh, hoping to get involved in some of the voiceover network stuff um, as well around that time. So... Yeah, I'll be back for Easter. I like being in England for Easter, for Easter egg yeah, hunts and, a good time. and daffodils and spring <laughs> and Mother's Day. I just got really nostalgic for that right now. And I'm like, it's about to be winter. And I'm like, no. I know. Bunnies and chicks. <laughs> and chocolate, of course. And chocolate. All about the chocolate. And family. Yeah. So I like, that's, that's kind of the holiday that I like the most. There's less stress than Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Christmas it's is just always like, mental. It's Easter. Everybody's having a good time. You touched on my next question, actually, which was going to be, are either of you two attending many events over the next year? Comic-Cons are getting, are getting booked up. Um, we're both represented by the same guy for Comic-Cons, Chris, at conventions, etc. So, um, yeah, I, I hope to be back in the UK and doing, doing a couple this year. We'll just see what happens and see where they are. But if anybody is listening that wants us at any specific location, then they can email Chris. I think his is just chris at conventions, etc. com. Yeah, something like that. It's on our website. Do you have it stuff. on your web? Do you have it on your socials as well? Um, no, but it's on my website, victoriaatkin.com. We can put a link below the podcast as well. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. So yeah, we're just we're just lining that up at the moment, organising that stuff. But that's one that I definitely will be doing in Switzerland. So I'm excited about that. Awesome. I need to find out who manages the ones over here in Finland and see if there is any and then just pester them so that I can get you guys over here. Yeah. There is, there is a Finnish Comic Con, I believe. Oh, there is? Yeah, there should there be. Is, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, Helsinki, maybe? Or? Yeah, I think, I think I saw that on social media. Yeah. Yeah, okay, well, I know good. who to pester now. Then there you go, yeah, Sam. We'll get come visit you. you. For Comic Con, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can disguise it as work. It's great. It's yeah, like... yeah. That's the story of our <laughs> <laughs> disguising everything. That's been my um, that's been my gap year. Has just been Comic Con. 
<laughs> just never went back. Just yeah. like people keep thinking I'm working. It's great. Yeah, it's really good. They paid me to do my gap year. <laughs> yeah. I've toured That'd be America. the best story ever, wouldn't it? Just like, oh, I went on a gap year and then, I don't know, things just kind of snowballed. Like, <laughs> Well, I said that, that I was, before I started doing Comic Cons, I said I want to somehow see all of America, but I don't want to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. And, and Comic Cons happen. Yeah, I was like, the I dream. want to travel the world. And yeah, I don't want to pay for it. And you don't stop in anywhere too long. So if you don't like mm. it, you can leave. <laughs> and if you do like it, you can extend the flight, or you can go back there. And I don't know. It's good. It's a nice little taster of different parts of America. Insider info to the best perks of being a voice actor. You see. There you go. Yeah. I just got to get to Japan, though. I, really, I know. Me really too. Want to get to Japan. I had a link for that. A link like that? a like a connection now i'm just imagining you both just sit there and go what country do i want to go to well that's, and what I just mean, like... that's it visualize and manifest yeah. that's, that's it <laughs> the philippines i was so close last year oh <laughs> i think the Fortnite card's gonna help now yeah so we'll see I love that. Works by the by. Like, what can I use to travel more? <laughs> <laughs> Entirely, we're like, what what uh, skill do we have to push this over the edge of travel? Yeah. Well, also, you know, on camera stuff, I've traveled a lot too. Mm, yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. been fun. So I've been to Knoxville and I've been to Utah and oh, yeah. some other places. So hopefully that will. They have a lot of shows in Vancouver and Vancouver. New York. I did. A movie over there. Oh wow! Very nice. So yeah, that's yeah, fun. Well, I do have an interesting question actually that I'd like to ask. So obviously, we've spoken a few times over the last year or so. Would you say that your performances have differed, or whether you've learned from any particular other actors or from yourself? Um, you know, how have you how have you evolved as an actor over the last year or so? Has anything changed? It's a good question. It is a good question. I feel like every job that I do, I learn or relearn something that if you, if there's a skill you haven't used in a while and you suddenly have to draw it up, I feel like auditioning and performing is as much a practice as, as attempting to do a workshop. It can be better than a workshop because you do it live. Yeah. And it is, it is so cumulative in terms of like what you, what you learn from your work. I recently had a wonderful experience in a motion capture setting that I felt like I grew from because the person I was acting with was so tapped in and he trained in Russia. And then we realized we'd all been in Russia. Um, and it was like this really weird moment of going like, oh, you were in Russia. You went to the Moscow Arts Theater. I went to the Moscow Arts Theater. And then the other guy that was acting with us, who was, was not an actor, but a, a really crazy world famous athlete was like, oh, yeah, man, I toured around Russia, too. <laughs> and then we were like, whoa. Um, and it was so exciting. And this guy who had trained in, in Russia was like able to, he was so charged up that doing a scene across from him just like gave me like sparkly goosebumps. Yeah. And I was like that. And it's just like, I don't know, every once in a while you have somebody that you, that you act with that gives you that, that feeling Yeah. and reminds you of that extra, extra sort of like injection that you can put into it and those extra risks that you can take. And so I, w I was really thinking about that. It, it inspired me. I was thinking about it for like a week after I did it. I was like, oh my gosh. That's, yeah. yeah, awesome. Uh, it's a good question. Um, I think going off what Patricia said, I often get inspired by my peers. And it sounds like a bit of a cheesy answer, but um, 
I really do. There's always somebody on set that's I feel better than me. I always I always see whether it's just attitude, you know, not necessarily like they're doing the biggest part on the job or they're doing a I often see this on the mocap stage. They often come in to do a couple of scenes and if I'm lucky enough to be playing the lead and they're doing a couple of scenes but they do it with so much energy, so much professionalism. Um and, and so well that it, it makes me step up my game, you know, especially when I'm tired, I, I find it, you know, if I'm doing an, a full day on the mocap stage or anything, even when I was doing Extinct last year, and uh, there's always somebody, even if it's crew or, or somebody that's got a better attitude, that's really positive and uplifting and good to be around. And I'm becoming, I'm becoming to realize that that on a set for me I mean, obviously, it's nice to be working with people that are talented, but there's so much talent out there now yeah. that really, if you're on set, then most of the people there are super talented anyway and lucky to be there. And um, But it's I find it to be attitude. And from that, I would hope that my attitude has become uplifted, more positive, more patient, listening better which I think becomes, which increases your ability as an actor. Yeah. Dude, and time. A brilliant answer. I, it makes me want to just work with you right now, Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Victoria, let's go and do the project. Let's make a video. <laughs> go for it. Just get a script out and we'll just record it right now. Just, just go for it. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's probably where I've improved. And, um, and I think with time, what Patricia said, you know, as I've, got older and I've been I've done more auditions had more rejections had some other successes and seen my peers you know fly especially from Hollyoaks I mean so many of my peers from that are just flying now Ricky's on American Gods Natalie's in Game of Thrones and um, everybody's just flying and it's it keeps me on my toes it keeps me wanting more and I also I'm so happy to just love what I do I love that I wake up and I still want to play. Yeah. And I just hope that that continues forever because that's something that I would be really disheartened if I woke up and thought, oh, got to do that audition or I got to go and meet that director. I mean, that would be awful. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just happy that I still have that spark and that excitement and zest for what I do. And um, yeah. I'm just privileged that from a very young age I've I've known that that that's what my soul wants to do so um yeah i think that's that and just yeah history and time i think each audition and depends on life circumstances you know every actor has highs and lows in their life you know we have grief and we have just so much to deal with and um sometimes your work's going to be really good if you're most of the time if you're happy your work's going to probably be happy and then if you're not in a good place and sometimes it doesn't doesn't always work your way unless you can channel those feelings into into your work but it's uh we're emotional beings as actors and it's hard to manage life at the same time sometimes but yeah yeah you're asked to open up at certain moments that mm. are sort of um strange i was actually just thinking that i shot i forgot about that i shot an, uh, an indie feature over the summer oh cool um and weirdly this usually doesn't happen and i i don't ever really recommend it except that it ended up being i had like a pretty tough month in August and I used what I was going through in the in the part and mm-hmm. it was actually extremely therapeutic not saying I'm like just sitting there like crying on the set but like the 
there was a funny parallel between what I was experiencing and what the character was experiencing. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of great when every once in a while that sort of thing lines up and you get a different kind of like acute experience. It, it, it's marvelous and it, may, it reminds you of how extraordinary it is to be able to play out any sort of character and I'm trying to think of what the word is like, how um, sort of broad, basically how everybody is going through the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, life, yeah. art mirrors life, life mirrors art, yeah. you know, in so many ways. And I also think that, you know, no matter what people believe or whatever, like all of these parts come to individuals for a reason, you know, and there's... You're so wise. But, <laughs> <laughs> but there, there is, you know, I, I don't think there's a part that I've played that doesn't taught me things. Right. you know or helped heal other people and all those parts that I've missed that I look at the actor and I think no they their life and their life experience up to that, that point they could convey that you know in that way and they need that and there's so many different you know Evie's stuff is a lot about you know how do you balance she had a romance with Henry and how do you balance that with the mission and, and your career and, and stuff like that and at that point I was really struggling with that and being able to to be in her shoes and have people keep saying, well, what about the mission? What about this? And, and being torn by these feelings um, and, you know, other things as a woman that you, that you want and you feel. Um, it was really good to spend eight months experiencing that healing and, and working out yeah. how to navigate that. And same with Hollyoaks, you know, obviously I was an experienced gender identity disorder, thankfully, because that's... <laughs> you know, a huge, huge topic. But in that, there was things that I was, you know, what is it to be a woman and what is it to be a man and having compassion for the opposite gender and um, the relationship that that character had. I was struggling with my relationship at the time. And it was just, it was therapeutic. And, and I think that, that every single actor has these roles come to them for parts of themselves that need to heal or grow. And even through like comedy and stuff like that, you, you see that. Yeah, amazing oh, answers there. Yeah, some beautiful words there and some really, really great insight into what you, you both do. Um, I kind of want to follow up on that a little bit because, I mean, the main reason that um, I was inspired to ask this question is not only through voice setting, but I'm a, I'm a musician. I play guitar. And I was listening to some old recordings a while ago. And I've always thought this where you, you've got like two views of your older, your well, younger, previous self, shall we say, where I would listen to it and although my technique and my actual skill level was worse, obviously, because I've played a lot longer since then, the ideas I had weren't as restricted, for example. Like the more I learned about chords, the more I learned about scales, the more I would kind of stick within certain boundaries. Um, and I was just curious whether you've had similar experiences in acting where you've either watched old material or been reminded of old material that you've done, which may have not been your best performance, but you've noticed some things that you're like, do you know what, why don't I do that anymore? Why didn't I think like that anymore? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I had an experience like that recently, not not directly with my own work, but watching, somebody had recommended the new Orson Welles film on Netflix called The Other Side of the Wind. Oh, yeah. It's like, a, it's, yeah. And then there's this hour and a half documentary afterwards that is as as impressive and, and if not more exciting than, the, than watching the, the film. Like they're both, they're both these incredible, strange little masterpieces that are on Netflix now. I mean, it took them so many years to piece together and try and edit this film 
that that Orson Welles left and then died. Oh wow! And so um, some really yeah, it, it never got made because Hollywood turned on him and wouldn't fund him for this for the finality of this film. Wow, that's crazy. And so now it's crazy. It's a crazy story, and just now it's all just come out. Um, they've got like this really powerhouse team that's worked on it for years and years and tried to edit it together in the way because he left extensive notes about finishing the film. So I recently was in a, I had like one week where I wasn't that busy and I had somebody say, why don't you um, watch a film? It just came out and I was like, oh yeah, that film. Um, I, I guess I should watch that film. So I don't actually sit down and watch a lot of Netflix. It was so moving and it reminded me of how often I haven't been watching old classic material. And then it led me to watching um, the Stanley Kubrick documentary as well. Uh, I was gonna say, um, through the lens of his personal assistant who helped Stanley Kubrick his whole life to create, he was an actor and then he helped him create all of his masterpieces. He was like his right-hand man and nobody will ever know who he is. And oh, wow. There. Like these, these documentaries are so inspiring. I just started, and I was thinking of what they represent in terms of how unleashed the creative energy was and the obsessive doggedness of these creators. And also the, how unleashed I was when I was younger, before I was constantly like doing the next job and sort of branded into something. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking back to actually when Victoria and I were at Central School, like around like 2008, when we, when we were going to school and the amount of, the sheer amount of like creative energy and ideas that were flying around, it was, it was almost chaotic how much, um, how much, how quickly you were learning, like just the, the sponges that we were. And these movies reminded me of that fire I had at that time and how I could maybe start injecting that again. Like I'd simply forgotten. It's not that I'm not totally passionate about what I'm doing, but sometimes watching classic material that reminds you of who you were when you were younger is a really fascinating exercise. Yeah, definitely. And that just happened to me like a few weeks ago and I was like, wow. It really blew my mind. No, that's exactly it. Yeah, I think I'll be watching more classic movies. Yeah, over mm -hmm. Christmas break. I think. Um, I think with age, I think there becomes fear. <laughs> um, some and somewhat. I mean, if I hadn't have come to America when I did, with no money, just like not not. I don't want to call it stupidity. I want to say that I took a risk. Yeah. And um, and you know I was on Hollyoaks, I could have, you know, stayed in the soap world probably and, and made a good living and, and done that and, um, off the back of that. But I, I took risks. I really took risks. And, uh, for me, I like to have kids around me a lot. Yeah. Like I, I, I love kids. I love being around my cousin has two beautiful kids who I adore and they, we go on adventures anytime I go around them. They have this most great imagination and I, I it fuels mine, you know, and then they ask me, oh, what's this? You know, we go to, we, we pretend we get on a flight every time. So we pack our bags. Oh, that's we, awesome. <laughs> we, go, <laughs> we go wherever, you know, last time it was the Antarctic and we met polar bears and we, you know. Oh, that's so, so sweet. The whole house becomes this whole adventure and, um, I try to wake up every day with that kind of mindset to be open to things. And I think something that's happened to me as I've got a little older is I tend to focus on the present rather than the future or the possibilities, which I try and meditation helps me. I try and not do that, you know, with what bills need to be paid and, and stuff like that. Try and get out of adulting mode and into this childlike imagination yeah. 
so yeah, I think uh, I had like when wrote my book and and stuff like that. Whereas now I'm a little bit more like, oh, do I want to, you know, regurgitate all this stuff that's inside me? Do I want to put it out there? Do I want to be this vulnerable? Mm. Um, particularly with with singing, you know, I I sang a lot more when I was younger, and and now I'm like, oh, I don't know, my lyrics, and my poetry, and my stuff is very and almost dark and. And it has this stuff um, that is very vulnerable to me. And uh, I think that's where the best art comes from. But in order to do it, and also with projects, you know, IPs that I want to start, I think before I would have just done them. Just done them, <laughs> yeah. done them not really thought. Whereas now I'm like, well, do we need a contract? Do we need to do that? You know, I try not to get into that right brain of, of things, but it's crazy. You have to cultivate that atmosphere to not get stuck mm-hmm. in the business mode because we have to be such producers. Yeah. And the pressure is higher. Like once you've done big AAA games, people expect that you're going to do more AAA games or people expect that if you've been in a TV series, you're going to be in another TV series. So it's never like it. it you're always you always have to be gunning for the next thing. And the pressure, it doesn't like get easier when you're when you appear to be more successful, it's just like the next step. And that, that can sort of get in the way of just relaxing and being creative sometimes. Yeah. And yeah. Receiving, receiving and, and allowing things to come to you when you're not in a, I need to pay my bills, you know, there's, so it's, uh, it's just, yeah, I think with age there's, but then, you know, craft, craft seems to be improved and knowledge and networks and contacts have grown, you know, and you're going in to see the same people now, you know, it's nice, nice when casting calls you back and you have relationships with people that you work with and they know your work. I mean, that's a nice part of being in the industry a few years now. And that didn't happen at the beginning and trying to appreciate like, Oh my goodness, these people know me, you know, I had a request for DreamWorks this year, which was just amazing that they, you know, they know my work and that they're so calling about me, stuff. you know? That's so cool. yeah. So yeah. it's cool that those types of things start happening and appreciating that. But yeah, I just want to keep, keep taking risks, keep having fun and, and keep creating. I think that's, that's what you could do, whether it's just doing some artwork at home or playing the piano or doodling or writing poetry or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Like yeah. just keeping that going and you just never know a little idea that you scribble down could become the next the next thing that you create well yeah we've got some really fantastic answers from you both today like this is like a proper sage episode like i know i'm like, i know i feel like this is like my favorite like, podcast ever done yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well i'll take that thinking yeah, about great. it <laughs> maybe it's the time of the year we're going into reflection nostalgic mode. winter feelings you know we look back mm-hmm. on <laughs> Yeah, I shouldn't do too many of these at winter. I'm giving my whole life away. (laughs) Awesome. Well, that's been one of my favorite podcasts as well so far. This has been fantastic and you've given us some great answers. Um, But before we let you go, is there any way we can keep in touch with you online as usual? Absolutely. Um, I'm pretty active on, this is Patricia here, Um, active on Twitter and Instagram at Somerset underscore. It shouldn't be too hard to find. And then my Facebook at Patricia Somerset and I'll be on there. And of course, if there's anything, any conventions or any, um, yeah, as fan art or whatever, um, come and come and say hello. Very, very active and talking with everybody on those places. 
Yeah, me too. I feel like, um, yeah, come if you have fan art and you or you want to set conventions, reach out. Always open to chatting to new followers. Um, my socials are at Victoria Atkin on Twitter and Instagram, and the Victoria Atkin is my Facebook page. Awesome. Well, as all you listeners out there can tell, Patricia and Victoria are the loveliest people. So do get in touch with them on their social media and do keep up to date with all their projects. They do fantastic work and they work on amazing stuff. Um, you can also find out more from us from the Sound Architect on Twitter as at Sound Design UK. And we're also on Facebook and Instagram as the Sound Architect Official, where you'll find out more about our podcasts and our guests. But aside from that, I just want to say a big thank you again to Patricia and Victoria for joining me today and have a lovely, lovely Christmas. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you and everybody in England. And yes, a big Merry Christmas to all our listeners.